Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so blessed by your presence. If you're new to the show, I'm Helen. I'm a self-mastery mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, most successful life that you could lead. So that's what this podcast is all about and really diving into the root, the core issues uh, that keep us from living in the highest vibration possible while also holding space for our humanity. I'm coming to you with a solo episode today. Happy Sunday. Happy self-care Sunday. We just had our new moon in Aquarius and this is all about breaking chains, rewiring ancestral patterns that are no longer serving us and really getting out of our comfort zone in a way that I feel could be a little unhinged in like the best way. I've just noticed how I've been showing up on social media and I was talking to my own business coach about this recently. I was like, you know, I feel like part of me sometimes loses the artistry of life and what I love most about just the beauty of our world and, you know, entertainment and art and dance. And um, so part of my intention going forward in this year is to work more of that into my story and community, etc. So I think that's really relative to Aquarius is this kind of letting our freak flag fly, if you will, and really embracing who we are as, you know, a holistic human being. I think for many of us, if we are you know, showing up in a particular way online, we can kind of box ourselves in because we're like, okay, this is who I am. This is how I need to show up. For me, it's like, okay, I'm a mentor. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about confidence and healing, but there's a whole other side of me that loves music and art and nature. So I think what we're seeing in the creative realms right now, I know a lot of us are on TikTok too. I love TikTok, but what we're seeing with creators in general is this expansion into like, Hey, we're human beings. We're not all products. You know what I mean? So that's something I've been thinking a lot about this last weekend as we experience this Aquarian lunation and move through that. Um, Okay, so let's get into (laughs) the gist of today's episode, though. I'm going to tell you guys my story, basically, from the last five to ten years. A little bit of childhood sprinkled in there and how I got to where I am today as a mentor, having my own business and building community with you all. And really, like, I'm in a new paradigm. I feel like I've made a quantum leap in this last year, two years, but like really the last year has been big. And it's so interesting to look back and be like, Oh, well, every day feels like, you know, nothing's really changing. And then you look back on a year or, you know, a couple months prior and you're like, oh my God, like things are really different. Okay. So I want to tell you my story uh, because I think stories are very powerful and it's what I most enjoy listening to from other people and from my biggest expanders. I love to hear a story about how people got to where they are and My prayer and my hope for you is that you get little nuggets of insight here that you can relate back to your own life and feel a sense of expansion for yourself as well. So let's just take it way back for a moment. Um, I'll I'll tell you, I grew up in Maine um, in this 
cool little beach town, Kennebunkport, Kennebunk. Um, my dad's a lawyer. My mom has always been an entrepreneur. She uh, she had a real estate business, a hospice business, um, started a modeling, modeling agency, is a pilot, and now she is traveling the states on a road trip uh, selling like children's books and calendars and running this group called Other Nice People. So I'm obsessed with my mother, and I'm obsessed with my father, and I love them very much. And I have a sister who's a year younger, but she's like... She is my best friend in the whole world. I love her so much, um, Annie. So I have I have a beautiful family. Um, everybody's very different. Everybody really uh, kind of walks to the beat of their own drum. My parents got divorced when I was about 15. So like prime, <laughs> prime teenage phase there. Uh, and that divorce I've talked a, l- a little bit about probably in my first episode, it's a little triggering for me to talk about because it's, it's not fully my story to tell. It's, you know, it's very private to my family, but I'll tell you what I got from it. Um, my mom is comfortable with me talking about it. She went through a total spiritual awakening when I was 15 years old that I witnessed. It was a very visceral, raw and real moment for her that I'm so grateful that she lets me share about. And I, I watched her uh, have this spiritual awakening and completely change her life. She, you know, really stepped away from a lot of materialism, a lot of societal standards, and her life changed. And I won't go too much into that because it's her story, but I witnessed that and was very curious about it. And I think we built a very unique bond together because... Um, I was one of the people that was like, I don't think you're crazy. I'm really inspired by this growth and what's going on here. And I was very curious about this. And it opened up this bigger conversation as a teenager about what is God? Why are we here? What's going on? How do we want to live our lives outside of the matrix, basically? Um, And she really inspired me to study all different kinds of religions. I became obsessed with metaphysics, near-death experiences, what happens when we die. And to my dad's credit as well, my dad is a Pisces man, very incredibly emotional and supportive and so kind. I can't even talk about him too much because I will cry. I love this man so much. And he was like both a mother and a father to me and my sister when we were younger and in this going through this divorce in so many ways. And I mean, we just got blessed with the best dad in the whole world. And what I love about my dad is that he, his healing quality is humor he can make you laugh in any circumstance. It's humor and he also has the ability to snap back really fast if there's been an argument or a confrontation. He can feel the heat of the moment, but then he is very good at repairing that and bringing ease back into a situation and not letting anything fester. So I got so much gentleness from him and I got um, risk taking from my mother. Uh, and questioning all of society from her in a really beautiful way. But both of them down to the bottom line was compassion. And something I respect so much about that divorce when Annie and I were teenagers was they never spoke ill of one another. They never, they never bashed each other. They really never fought. It was between them, whatever was going on. Um, and then, so Annie and I got to witness, you know, great pain, but also great a great way of moving through that pain and not villainizing the other person, um, even when there was lack of understanding. So that I think is important to mention because it really shaped me as a young woman and then as an adult now. 
And I'll also say my mom, witnessing my mom start a hospice from the ground up uh, when I was a little younger than that, she was fundraising. She was starting the hospice and she would always come back with these really interesting stories about people nearing the end of their life and, you know, having visitations from loved ones who had passed and, you know, what happens in the weeks and moments leading up to death. So from an early age, I was already curious about death and didn't feel that scared of it because I had seen her, you know, going through this, the building of this hospice. So that's part of my childhood. We grew up also without a television, which I think was one of the best decisions my parents ever made. So, well, we had a TV until we were about like eight or nine. And then I remember it was a mother mother's day one year. My mom was like, we're getting this TV out of the house fuck this. (laughs) Goodbye. So we were really encouraged to spend a lot of time outside, a lot of time hiking. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the gist of that. Um, on the other side of that, I also had depression, clinical depression from a very early age. And to this day, you know, I think I've done a lot of healing work and I've gone into past lives and, you know, have tried to wrap my mind around what would have caused a child to have such heavy depression. But I was on medication, Zoloft, for example, since I was like eight, nine years old, very young, very young. I just remember this like trigger warning. I just remember like just thinking of death, like so easily slipping away, like ways that I could just die and not in a scary way, not even in like a super morbid way, but just like yeah, just don't feel like being here anymore. Um, but I would also be very cranky, very, you know, hyperactive mind and just, uh, I wish I could find the words to describe it. I was feisty and I was mean and, um, too bad for my parents. So sorry. I can't imagine how difficult it must have been for them having a kid with depression like that and just angst like that. But, um, I had depression until I was about 16, 17, and my mom and I actually decided we were going to quit our medication cold turkey. So we have an interesting bond together because it was a a breaking of a chain that went back through my ancestry and hers, you know, uh, together, of course. We had this belief that, you know, all the women in our family had depression and it was just something we were going to have to deal with and all these things. And I I just remember having a conversation with her one summer, like, this is not going to be our story. And we stopped, we stopped the medication and then we entered into the unknown together and separately because I ended up, you know, I went to college next. So quit my medication. I have a little bit of a blank spot about, you know, what that was like. Uh, it caused me to be in kind of a haze. I remember sleeping a lot and getting really interested in the dream world, actually, because the dream world was so much more exciting than the waking experience. And I actually consider that such a gift now because I learned how to lucid dream around that time. I had a moment of astral projection, which I have yet to return to. Uh, I wrote a blog post on that, but that was in my you know later teenage years. And yeah, it introduced me to another realm. So I'm grateful for my depression in many ways. And I hope that my parents are okay after having a little rager like me in the house. (laughs) Okay, so moving on. Then I went to college. I had started working on music a lot in high school and was always a theater kid. I was uh, always making music. I was with a little acapella group and I decided that that is what I wanted to pursue in college. I'd always wanted to be famous. I'd always wanted to be a pop star. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I had done some research, you know, on how to not get screwed over in the music industry. And I was like, okay, I need to study business. 
like the business side of the music industry while also pursuing music. So moved to New York City, uh, went to Wagner College, and I studied arts administration with uh, concentrations in music and theater. So I basically learned the business of music, made some awesome friends. I'm very grateful for that college experience because of the friendships that I made and the socialization that was there and just, you know, so much fun. It's It's just fun. And during that time, I was also scouted to model, probably when I was like 18 or 19. Where was I scouted? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I remember. I was like going to prepare for a show. I remember I was in Union Square in New York, and I was with my former manager, Jay, and this guy named DeMonte came up to me and he said, all right, girl, are you interested in model? He was a mother agent. So I got into the modeling mix, And it really sent me into, uh, to be honest, a spiraling of eating disorders because I was told, you know, if you want to walk in fashion week, which was coming up, you've got to drop a good 10, 15 pounds, like pretty fast. And I'm not even kidding. He would literally text me and be like, um, today is a water day. We're just drinking water today. And I, um, you know, just really struggled with that image because I hadn't been so obsessed with that. And it just really put a spotlight onto myself as like this object. It objectified me in my own mind. Um, And I just remember like running the staircase a hundred times at night and then going to a go-see basically, which is an audition for a model basically. And, you know, throwing up everything I ate and restricting myself and then just having days of fast and like almost passing out. It was just like really difficult. And I did get skinny and I did have a little moment of success. I walked in fashion week a couple times for some interesting designers and had some good test shoots, et cetera, but I was sick. I was really sick. So that lasted for a while that, that, you know, lasted for a few years, um, until I graduated. And during that same time, I was also really pursuing music. So Uh, basically I, I got out of college and started to play shows all around New York city. So all the shows on the Bowery, like Rockwood music hall, Mercury lounge, Bowery ballroom, um, all of those, you know, slots on, on the Bowery in the, in the lower East side there. So any of my New Yorkers know that scene and, Uh, I was hustling. Um, It was just me and a guitar getting up on stage. And it was scary because it's just you and a guitar on stage. And as a performer, you really have your own business, which I think some people overlook. Like all of my artist friends, everybody who's a performer, you're running a business. You know, you have to promote the show. You have to manage your money. You have to negotiate deals and contracts. You got to hustle to get on that stage. You need to look good and do a good job. And it was, it was a lot. It was really fun. And I was just like fully on a trajectory. I was like, I need to get famous. I need to be a pop star, all these things. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. So around that same time, um, I met a boyfriend who was also a producer and he, you know, was making music and all these things. And he was also an entrepreneur and he was running a business and building it from the ground up. And he was doing very well. It was quite successful right off the bat. Young guy. We were both young, early twenties at the time. So I was doing all this performing, dating this really cool guy. And, um, 
I won't say much about him, but he really inspired me on the business end because looking back on that relationship now, I'm like, oh my God, I absorbed so much about entrepreneurship from him and you know, what it takes to build a team to run a business and you know, maybe the sacrifices that get made from time to time when you run a business. Um, and he really exposed me to high rolling people, people that are very ambitious, were very ambitious and focused. And I'm very grateful for that time in my life. It also was a time in my life where I felt very inadequate because again, I was still, I was having this whole eating disorder experience. I didn't feel good enough. He was a model. His whole friend group were, you know, was models, not just like trying models, like girls signed with IMG walking in all the big fashion week shows. So my whole friend group at that time was like, the most stunning people you'd ever met. And it just made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I'd never be able to measure up. And the best thing for me to do is just kind of keep quiet. Cause I've, you know, I've always <laughs> not always been a little weird, but like, I like to talk about, I've always liked to talk about spirituality and metaphysics and do weird art and like go to raves and all these things. And um, I just didn't really feel like I fit in in that group. And I felt weird. I didn't feel like I could fully be myself. So my throat chakra was totally blocked. Um, anyways, so that relationship ended, of course, as it had to, because I didn't feel loved for who I was. And I didn't feel like I was being honest with myself, which is the most important part. I didn't feel like I was confident yet at all. I didn't even feel worthy of the love that was coming into my field. So that really led me on to a trajectory of, okay, who am I? And I had a little bit of an identity shakeup after we broke up. Popping in for a moment to chat with you about my private one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. This is for the woman who is ready to change her life. I know that feeling of confusion, anxiety, lack of direction, feeling like you're at a crossroads. And I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and completely change my life, which is why I'm here to show you the way, to show you how to do it too. If you have been struggling with confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal and spiritual evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in life, if you're seeking clarity about how to best move forward in your career or your personal life, or maybe you want to launch your own soul-led business but have no idea where to start, this is where I come in. This is the container for you. So if this sent off a ping in your intuition, in your soul, head over to HelenDenham.com and just book a free power session with me so we can get to know one another and decide if this is the best course of action for you. All right, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in and back to the episode. But it really opened up a new portal and an opportunity for me to dive into my confidence. And as I started to work on my confidence a lot, opportunities started to come in. So I got this opportunity to join UN Women's Young Professionals Committee in New York City and was with them for two years. And in my last year with them, I was the chair of our committee. So it really put me into a place of leadership for the first time where I really got the experience of bringing women together, having deep conversations about how to change the world and start to talk about humanitarianism. And it was really good for me to start to flex that muscle and understand how to be a better leader. And I really loved organizing. I loved getting events planned with us. I loved dressing up and doing kind of like the parties that we would do. And all of the women that were in that group were just absolutely amazing. And some of my dear friends and even clients to this day. So 
that was really such a blessing. And all of a sudden I just realized like I had been playing small, you know, I had a lot more potential to unleash, but I, I still was like, okay, how is my spiritual path going to shape into this? And I decided to go to Thailand, uh, on a solo adventure. Cause I had seen all these, you know, people in my circle taking gap years and exploring the world. And I was like, well, you know what? It's time to go. We just got to get out of here and go to Thailand. So I went to Thailand for like a month and a half and stayed in Chiang Mai and Pai and uh, the islands and had this really amazing spiritual experience. First and foremost, being alone, traveling for the first time for an extended period of time, completely alone as a young woman out there. And it taught me about the kindness of strangers. And I spent a lot of time in monasteries there and getting to know a more peaceful side of life and a life of devotion and a life that was more separate from materialism and more connected to earth. So I came back from that trip changed. I'd fully changed. Um, before I'd left, I had also been working to make money with a group called six plus, which was like an event planning group. So I had, I had had this awesome opportunity to, uh, experience New York city as its own entity. Part of that job was like going and looking at all these fancy restaurants and booking out their private event spaces. So that's what my job was at the time. So I'm so grateful for that job too. There's always a meaning to everything, right? So I learned how to pull off big events and negotiate with fancy high rolling people. And so it got me in the room with interesting people and in beautiful spaces, which is part of the life that I feel like I've, I've worked on manifesting is I love being around beautiful spaces and expansive spaces. So that was really good. But I came back and I was like, okay, I, I can't work like this. I can't work a nine to five. One thing about me, you guys, I'm also like not a early riser. Like I really do. I've always been like this and I've, you know, gone back and forth with whether I should change this or not, or what, what would benefit me most. But like most nights I'm up till two or 3am and I'm not even kidding. And then I'm up at like nine 30. So I don't know that <laughs> waking up at 7am, getting to the office by eight, get, you know, sitting down at a, a computer all day. That was just not working for me. Not at all. And I was like, how do I get out of this? I need to, I need to stop this. So I quit that job and I got a job, at, you know, I'd come back from Thailand and I was, I was really into spirituality. So I got a job working with Inscape, which was an awesome meditation studio. That's where I met some awesome people and friends to this day, some people that I, all of them, I just respect so much. I met some amazing people there in my mid twenties. And, you know, it was kind of like monk training because we weren't actually leading the meditations. We were facilitating them. So the way that this studio was structured was what they would have um, a meditation play over the loudspeakers. And we'd be in these really cool rooms that were very like burning man esque. And we would literally, our job was to sit in meditation with the group and make sure everybody was comfortable. So it was honestly like a monk training in many ways because we'd be meditating for like three hours, five hours a day. Uh, if we were doing back-to-back -back sessions, we would literally be meditating. And I had these very interesting experiences in there. I really got to know myself and my neural pathways. All of those sticky beliefs came up. And I really believe that that is where I healed my eating disorder was because I was in uh, meditation for so long every day. Like I couldn't hide from myself anymore. So it was around that time too, that I just stopped 
going after modeling altogether. I was just like, that just fizzled out. After I'd walked fashion week in New York, I was just like, I, I did it. Like uh, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to walk fashion week one time and I'm not going to torture myself anymore. And I really asked myself, I remember at this time, like, why do you even want to model? And it was just to have beautiful photos. (laughs) It was like a very kind of surface level thing. So I was like, okay, then I'll take my own photos, you know, or I'll hire, hire or collaborate with my own photographers. So that's exactly what I did. And I just got out of there. I was still working on music at the time and had some success there. Rolling Stone ended up sponsoring one of my EP launches. I was working on music a few times a week with some awesome producers, released a couple EPs. One of them I took down because it's just like not really my vibe, but you can go on Spotify and find some of my music if you want to. It's just Helen Denham. Um, It never went anywhere big, but I had some big like kind of grungy New York moments where I, I felt like I had hit some big moments of success, filmed a couple music videos. Um, and I'm most proud of the stages that I got on. Uh, cause I feel like that's just, yeah, I'm always going to look back on that time and be like, yeah, I did that. I performed there. That was good. So I don't feel like I felt like that was the same thing with modeling. Like there were just a couple of things that I really wanted to do to show myself I could do it. And then I really hit the same point with music where I had to ask myself, like, why do you want this? And is this lifestyle most appropriate to you? Because as I'd said earlier, the whole point of music was, yes, I loved music. I loved the writing component of it, but I was just like so obsessed with getting famous and like getting attention, like really just, I wanted attention. So once I realized that I was like, that's not enough reason to be making music if you don't love it for the music, you know what I mean? Because the friends that I was watching have success with music lived and breathed their art. They were part of groups. They were performing literally every night. I was not like that. I was in my own lane doing solo work, doing produce stuff, um, you know, and I was doing it for the theatrics of it in so many ways. But then I kind of got over that and I was like, I think my love for music is more of a cathartic release that is not something that I want as a job because music as a job was starting to feel like it was sucking the life out of me. To get ready for a show, I would need to rehearse every night. Um, And I wasn't having fun. And I just felt so called to the healing world. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I remember, this is funny. I was like remembering when One Direction split up. I think it was Zane who was just like, I don't like to be a performer. It gives me anxiety. I just want to be a recording artist. And when I saw that, it gave me this permission slip energetically to be like, I don't need to be performing anymore. I've done everything I want to do. The next step would have been Irving Plaza. And that would have taken a big quantum leap and really I would have needed to commit hardcore to get there. And I just remember that was the crux point. I was like, you're going to go, you need to go all in or you need to decide on what you really love. And that's when I decided, I was like, I am going to shift here. I'm going to make music on my own terms when I feel like it as like poetry and as a way to like connect with my creative side. But this is not going to be my lifestyle because beyond the hustle of getting on stages like that, It's also the lifestyle in general of like late, late nights, lots of alcohol, lots of partying, just, and I was just moving so far away from that. So I hope this isn't too long winded, but that's where my decision was to move more into the meditation world. And okay. One more thing about that. Let's be honest. I wasn't making any money from music. And I was like, I can't be a starving artist my whole life. Like 
I, the only way to make money is to be a touring artist. And I mean, maybe that's a limiting belief because the friends that I was watching get millions of streams on Spotify, were still not making any money. If you do the calculations on Spotify on how much a download makes you, it's nothing. It's like, you have to be getting crazy, crazy streams, millions and millions, not just 1 million, not two, not five to make any money. It's got to be way different and you need to be touring. And I was just like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So anyways, skip ahead. I decided, uh, I'd always been good at making content. I feel like, and I had started to learn web design. So I decided that I would launch my own freelancing business basically as a social media manager, content creator, website designer. So I started that that gave me a lot of freedom all of a sudden financially and just energetically to free up my space. I stopped working any kind of nine to five structure. I was fully working for myself all of a sudden. And that felt really, really good. And that also gave me freedom to start exploring my spiritual side, which had already been blossoming for a decade. Basically, it just was getting more acute in my awareness. And that's when I started the lifted podcast. So I'm 29. Now I started the lifted podcast about three years ago. Um, maybe three and a half years ago. So I was living in Brooklyn. I was dating a new amazing guy and we were living together. And that's where I really began the more kind of serious side of exploring spirituality and emotional healing started the lifted podcast literally as a way to get in the room with some of my biggest expanders. So I remember listening to all these podcasts and being like, I want to talk to that person. Like, I want to know more about them. There is more that I want to ask. So I just made a list of the people that I would die to have on my podcast, um, or live to have on my podcast, if you will. And I started to reach out to them and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. All I, I know how to record. Like I have a mic. I know how to record. I can do this. I can do it. So I reached out to all these people and I was like, I, I'd love to interview you. I'm launching this podcast and I managed to book some awesome people in those early days. Um, and it's so funny looking back on that time because it was quite difficult to figure exactly out how to record. Now it's like so much easier. You can literally just turn on Zoom and you've got a podcast going. But I, it was a big learning curve even just to podcast at the time because Zoom wasn't really a thing yet. So it was such a good experience of learning, excuse me, how to, you know, reach out and network and pull off a podcast and just brand it and do all those things. And it really, I remember the intention being consistency. I wanted to show myself that I could show up consistently, um, and do this podcast. So around the same time, I also started sending out my self-care Sunday newsletter. So if you guys are on my mailing list, that has been going on for three and a half, four years, maybe more. Oh my gosh. So and then I started doing like tarot card polls on my Instagram and just really just having fun with it. It was purely about curiosity, wanting to hear stories and wanting to bring stories to you all. And honestly, I just was like music, you know, had taught me how important networking is and just getting in the room of the people that you want to be like. So I used podcasting in the same way. I was like, who do I want to be like? Who are my expanders? Let's, let's talk to them. Let's, let's fuse our energy. So that was my whole vision there. So then, you know, I spent a year doing social media management, website design, doing the podcast, still making music. I would do shows here and there, doing photo shoots, just having a great time in New York City. I was in love doing all these fun things. My boyfriend at the time was this amazing oil painter and he'd be doing these just incredible art pieces on a daily basis. So I'm so grateful for him and for that relationship. And he really taught me how to be loved 
really truly and I will never never forget that and and I'll always be grateful for him because he really taught me what authentic love feels like and he raised the bar for everybody else I would date in the future so a little moment there um, at that time, I also, I'll just be straight up with you guys. Cause this is a part of our journey, especially as women, right? I had an abortion at that time and that really like spiraled me into a whole nother embodiment situation. It was so stressful to have an abortion that I lost hair. I realized I had moments of alopecia going on. So my whole body was erupting. My hormones were wild. I realized I didn't want to be in that relationship anymore. Um, He was a bit younger than I was. So there were just a lot of things going on there. And that really, my intuition, I honestly think kicked into strong high gear there. And I was like, something has to change. And at the same point, I didn't want to be in New York City anymore. At that point, I'd been in New York City for like eight years. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm suffocating. You know, I'm a girl who grew up in Maine running around barefoot in the back field. Like, I need nature. And I had I'd had eight years of just nervous system overload. The noise, it was it was really the noise. I just remember I was like, if I hear one more trash truck outside of my freaking window, I'm going to go insane. So it was already a conversation with my partner at the time. Like, I don't think I can live here anymore, but he had just moved. So we weren't on the same page, like lifestyle wise. So all of a sudden COVID hits. (laughs) Okay. So what a blessing. I'm sorry to say that if I know it was traumatizing for so many of us, but for me, it ended up being a, a literal blessing. It gave me this all of a sudden, like open space to just recoup and decide what I wanted to do. So I ended up when we broke up, we were living together. So I was like, okay, I remember it was like March, 2020. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to go back to Maine. I'm going to pack up all this stuff, store it at the house, and then choose a new apartment for April in New York city. But I got back to Maine and I was like, well, New York city is fully on lockdown. So all of a sudden I have this like free space to decide what would really make me happy. So with that time, I decided to get certified in a bunch of stuff. So I studied Reiki, got Reiki one and Reiki two, dove into energy healing, healed myself from all the emotional turmoil I'd been through over the last couple months and was like really interested in this. I was reading a lot of interesting books. It just like was a major acceleration of my spiritual path. And I decided that I'd always wanted to take a road trip. Uh, my mom had done it. My sister had done it. And I was like, I w- it's like a rite of passage to do a road trip and not just straight across like a long one. So I decided to buy a car and go across country for two months. And I spent two months camping at all the national parks across the country, um, all the way over to California. So I did Maine to California and I took two months and I camped every night and I was alone. Guys, it was the time of my life. I will always look back on that time as one of the happiest moments of my life. I'm not kidding when I tell you I cried tears of joy every single day. And I just want to peel the veil back on the difficulty of being a solo traveler or camping or anything, because I think it's like really essential for all of us to know how to go camping so that we can connect with nature because it really is a block. If we don't feel like we can go out into nature for extended periods of time and we're scared of that, like I just want to like release that pressure and just encourage you guys to look into it because here's what you need. All I brought was a tent, a sleeping pad, a little burner, a little stove burner, like a pot to make my food, a uh, blanket and 
that is it. I'm not even kidding. And it takes two seconds to put up a tent. You can go to Target or Walmart or, you know, an outdoor store and just buy a tent. It's like 150, 200 bucks for a little one or two person tent, buy a sleeping bag, buy a sleeping pad, and you are rolling. Then you pack your water and your food and you're good. So I just like do a test run, set up your tent in the front yard, and then you're off. And people don't realize like there are national and state parks all over the country. No matter where you are, there's going to be a state park or a national park. And these places are the most beautiful places in the whole world. It really gave me a sense of like strange, like patriotism for our country, because our country is, if you're in the United States, is absolutely spectacular. Like going through you know, Zion going through where else? Uh, South Dakota was incredible. Glacier National Park, all of New Mexico. I mean, I went through every state, you know, I've stayed in every state for an extended period of time, a few times over. And we just live in the most incredibly beautiful country and people are so kind. The thing is like when you're outside and when you're on a nature adventure, everybody wants to help one another. You just see the best in people. People are just at their happiest. You can't be unhappy when you're out in nature. It's just like hardly possible. You're just loaded with endorphins. I never felt unsafe. I just I just want to encourage all of us to look into that, to go camping, to get out into nature. I need to do like a whole blog post or another podcast on like how to go camping when the summer hits because it's so much easier than you think. You just go to a state park and you pay like 20 bucks and you go camping and then you go hiking and you go swimming and you just live your dream. So that was a huge part of my, you know, coming of age in my 20s and Uh, So I made it over to California and I knew I wanted to go to Topanga because I'd been taking Lacey Phillips to Big Magnetic um, subscription program, which I think a lot of you guys are familiar with. So I knew I wanted to go to Topanga to sort this all out, see what the whole thing was like over there, because I knew it was like a state park in LA and I knew I didn't want to go to LA. I knew I wanted to be in the natural world in California and Topanga was like the perfect sweet spot. So I got to Topanga and had my, of course, my camping gear. I was camping at Malibu State Park or something, and I absolutely fell in love with this area. Like Calabasas, Malibu, and Topanga, I was immediately obsessed. I was like, oh my God, I have to be here for like a little while, like at least a month. So I reached out to the local Facebook group and all of a sudden, like serendipity, I found the most amazing place in Topanga to stay. And as I stayed there, you know, the first couple weeks, I ended up at the local like Topanga Living Cafe and just like Topanga is just the coolest. It's a it's like one boulevard that goes through Topanga Canyon. It's like literally just like one road, one stretch. It's a very tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. And it's this oasis or just like this getaway, this kind of like hippie town outside of like downtown L.A. And yeah, yeah, L.A. in general is not for me. Topanga is a different story. I'm just obsessed with Topanga. So I stayed there and, you know, (laughs) I thought I'd be there for a week. Uh, Two years later, I was still there. So I absolutely fell in love with this part of the country. Just, I love those mountains so much. And I met a lot of really interesting people. There are so many travelers that come through Topanga and I was in a very kind of bustling house and with documentary filmmakers and musicians and healers and writers. So there was always something going on at that house. I was always meeting amazing people, going to fun parties, like just, yes, it was awesome. Um, And it was also stressful, but it was also great. Um, But I really saw that time as like, okay, all of a sudden I'm in the healing world because New York had been entertainment, fashion, 
yes like all of that and none of the healing and Topanga was like full-on everyone's a healer everyone's self-aware everyone's emotionally tapped in and tuned in so I just made some wonderful friends there and really got to know what it was like to live that lifestyle of you know more ease more connection to nature uh, and real community for the first time I felt like real community there and also got very curious about how to start building a business based around healing and started to tune into like what my buddies there were doing and how they were building businesses. And I just realized like what I had studied and all of the education I'd gained over the last decade was really about to be of service. So I just started to slowly take this a little bit more seriously. So I launched my Cultivating Confidence course and you know, this is a whole nother episode I'll do about building a business because it's so interesting. Patience is the most important thing because I think when you, whenever you do your first launch or all of a sudden you're like, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to launch my business. And then it's like kind of like crickets. (laughs) You're like, what? And then you realize, oh, we're in for the long run, honey. You gotta, you gotta love this work and you, you need to be committed. Um, so I launched my cultivating confidence course. I mean, it didn't do terribly, but I thought I was going to make like $20,000 and I did not. I made like a couple thousand dollars. Um, And so I was like, okay, so here we go. Well, I've dipped my toe in the pond here. And I just was like, how can I further my education so that I can really give the people and the women coming to me the most value possible? So I studied to become a behavior change specialist so that I could understand the neuroscience aspect of it. I started working with a shaman and a diviner to understand more of the spiritual world. Um, I started to teach meditation with Unplug and the Den Studios, which are these awesome meditation studios in LA. Um, I just got certified in more and just really put my head down and studied and built out a method so that when I ended up launching my mentorship program, I had a method in place for how to get people to a frequency that felt better and more joyful and happier and and lead them toward confidence because that's what I've learned over the last decade is confidence like unapologetic confidence being myself the courage to show up which I fully learned from my history and entertainment like it's scary to get on a stage alone with 100 people just looking at you like If you mess up, it's not a good look. So (laughs) I'm really, really grateful for my history and entertainment. Um, And I think I'll continue doing that in some capacity. We'll see how it shakes out. But um, yeah, I felt like what, what I have to offer here is to teach you guys how to show up and use your voice and not be afraid and move through fear. And then also just like the, the emotional density of so many trials and tribulations that I've been through, I felt like there was always a teachable moment in there and a moment of growth. And I've learned to be an optimist over every peak and valley. Um, You know, I'm, I'm talking kind of fast through this life trajectory over the last decade, but there have been a lot of really hard points. Um, My manager, my first manager, when I was pursuing music, uh, actually committed suicide, this wonderful man named Jay. And I actually don't, I'm going to cancel clear delete that term committed suicide because it sounds like a crime. And I don't like to think of it like that. I think, I don't know how I'd rather say that maybe took his own life or just, he passed on. He, he, it was, his time was up here and, um, yeah. And what his death taught me was, 
huge forgiveness. I really went deep into prayer when he passed because Jay was this wonderful man. He was a wonderful light to our world and he was so supportive. He really knew what he was doing. He taught me business. He taught me confidence. He taught me how to take good care of my body. He taught me everything I knew about working in music. And um, it was a shock when he took his life. And I just remember when I got the news, it was like one of those movie scene moments. I fell to my knees and I just prayed for him and I, I forgave him and I just prayed for his soul's safe passage. And in the weeks following his passing, I had a lot of moments where I felt visited by him. I remember one in particular, I was on the subway, like going up to 23rd or 21st street. And I felt him wrap his arms around me like an angel. Like I literally felt like I was getting hugged and I knew it was him. It's like he had reached through the veil to hug me because he knew I was grieving. And it was so intense that I had to get off at a stop that wasn't mine to just cry and break down. And just, it was sad, but it was deeply empowering and like expansive to feel him there. And that's all I needed. I just needed a sign. I needed to feel him. And it wasn't like, it was, he was there. He was with me. And I think he was making his rounds before moving on to whatever realm he moved on to. So, um, I'm very grateful to him and I hope he's okay. I know he's okay. He's on his journey out there somewhere. So I think that's important to note because it helped me understand grief in a new way and helped me understand how to peel back the veil of this world into the next that I had already accessed. I think I'd have really activated my intuition with my meditation practice. So I think that's worth mentioning. So anyways, all of that kind of led into creating a method, which allowed me to move into mentorship um, and launching a mentorship business which I kind of timidly started probably a couple years ago. I'd started being like, who wants to work with me for free? Cause I just wanted to give away some sessions and just feel what it was like to actually like guide someone through a healing process. And it was like crickets for like six months. I remember sending out like a email and a newsletter being like, anyone who wants to work with me, I'm giving away free sessions. Nobody bit, <laughs> nobody did, nobody cared. Um, which actually really helped me understand that the more people pay to work with you, the more they hold themselves accountable, which is just a whole nother conversation about pricing. Because when I've priced my offer at a lower level, um, at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey, the clients that I was attracting were just different than the clients that I attracted at a higher ticket price. Um, when you pay more and I feel this exact same way, when I pay more to my own mentors, I hold myself highly accountable and I get so much more done. So it's actually like good to pay someone a good amount, um, that actually scares you because you, you're going to get the most juice out of it, you know? So all that's to be said, launched my mentorship program into Panga. And once I got my first client, I really got my confidence under me because I saw she changed her whole life. I mean, she really, she got incredibly confident. She launched her own business. She was also a therapist. It was just amazing to see and walk someone through a whole quantum leap like that. And I got my confidence. My wings came on at that moment. I was like, oh, this is like, this is no joke. Not only is this my purpose and my whole life's calling, everything has been preparing me to launch this business. It was also so deeply moving and equally healing for me to watch another woman come home to herself. So 
at that point I was like, after my first couple of clients, I was like, I'm not just like going to be fluffy about this. I'm going to take this seriously. So then I really started to study business. I was like, what do I need to know? Because I, I got out of my own way because I think a lot of the times when we're launching businesses or, you know, anything, it's like, well, I don't want to annoy people. or I don't want to be like all about the money or anything like that. But here's the thing. Your business could save someone's life. Okay. Especially if you're in the healing world, like it is imperative that you are doing this work. You could save someone's life. You're going to change people's lives by showing up in this world. So like, let's stop messing around. So that's really what that mindset shift changed everything for me. Cause I was like, I have the potential to save a life or change someone's life so drastically that it changed their changes, their whole family's life. And it's not me, right? It's I'm the guide. I'm the kind of like seer or the handholder, but everybody who comes to work with me, they are the ones doing it. I'm, I'm there to help you and support you, but this is why I'm so proud of my girls. It's like, they're showing up to do the work. The work works, you know? So I will give you my method. I will give you the framework. But what I admire so much about the women who come in to work with me as equals is like, they're showing up for themselves. And that is the coolest. So it's very powerful work. So that really led me into be like, okay, so this is really important that I take this seriously. I'm living my dream. This feels like heaven on earth. How can I expand this so that I can serve more people, more women, build my confidence, build my knowledge and offer more and be more deeply of service and just offer more value in my program. That's when I hired my first mentor, Tay, Tay Ray. You guys can find her if you'd like to um, you know, research who I've worked with. Tay taught me how to build funnels. So she taught me how to, you know, automate all of my systems. So, you know, build a great newsletter and mailing system, you know, how to just automate everything. So all of the busy work was like taken off of my plate pretty much. Like when you guys go through a checkout with me, it's not me processing that, that I've automated all of that. Um, you know, when you get my free toolkit or when you, you know, I don't know anything, anything that you're doing on the back end with my business has been automated, which is awesome. She taught me that and it was super valuable. And I remember like purchasing this program from her and working with her and I was so scared. I, I put it on my credit card. I was like, how, I don't, is this crazy? What am I doing paying someone to teach me this? Like I can't afford this. Um, but after I hired her, I made all that money back tenfold. My business just completely went to the next level. So that's why I'm so encouraging of all of us, like whether it's me or someone else, like hire a mentor if you're starting a business or you need help moving through an emotional dense point, or you're at like a crux in your life and you don't know where to go. You need help getting clarity. Like mentors are cheat codes. They are gifts and I'm here for you and whoever you resonate with, like just make, trust your intuition, make sure that you trust them, make sure that you, you resonate with their journey. But, um, hiring mentors and working with people has been life-changing. So when I started working with Marley recently, like I felt my life change completely and I've just started working with her recently. So we're building something really exciting for my business and my programming. So I have never regretted an investment in my education and my healing ever, because another thing about this is that healing and business go side by side. The more we heal, the more successful our business is and the more successful we are in whatever job that we hold down and the more like loving partnerships that we call in, whether it's friendships or community, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, 
Like I just saw all of my relationships change in every single way. Like I listen to how I'm speaking to you now. I'm doing this like stream of consciousness straight up. It's so different than how I would have showed up three years ago. It's like, it's all because of this healing work that I've done. It's all because I've invested in myself. And I can't wait to look at where I am two years from now, because I know I'm going to be making quantum leaps here. I feel, I feel this year is going to be really exciting and really big, but anyways, this whole last year. So yeah, I was in Topanga for two years, building this mentorship business, doing all of this. And I remember the day looking in the mirror where I was like, Helen, it's time to take this seriously. This isn't some fluffy stuff. Like I was still doing web design and social media management at the time. And that was making me consistent income. And that is now, I now use those tools for my coaching and like my business clients to coach them to build businesses. So it's like, everything is always working out best case scenario. It's like all of that had a purpose because the women that I do business mentorship with now really need help building websites. So it all comes together, doesn't it? So stayed in Topanga for a couple of years. You guys know I had this whole crazy incident. I had a stalker in Topanga. I won't go too far into that because I was like, fuck that. It was like, whatever. So I was like, I remember, you know, having this whole crazy situation happen where I was literally forced to leave this home because I was in danger. Um, and thank God that I have these spiritual tools and I'm so grounded in my sense of self because I literally, <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. I looked at the situation like, thank you. This is a gift. I'm going to learn something from this and I'm going to be able to help other women overcome trauma, psychological abuse, and you name it. Like I've learned it and I just moved through it. So yeah, I'm like, thank you for that gift. What's next? Not that I'm calling anything like that ever into my life again, but I just know that everything's working out for me all the time. So it was such a blessing to go through such a traumatic situation without a lot of fear because I've always known that I would come out stronger. So it led me back to moving to Portland, Maine because I didn't want to go back to New York City just yet. And I'm still wondering where I'll end up like next year, but I was like, Portland's going to be a really good landing pad. I have some travel on the books. So my whole purpose for being in Portland is to put my head down and build this business, like get it to the next level. So I'm like alone here. I'm thriving. I'm around my family. I feel healthier than ever. I feel really happy. Um, the one thing that I do feel like I'm missing is community because in New York, it was like, okay, I have a very specific community. Topanga had a really specific community. Now I'm in Portland. I'm like, what is going on? But I do have an online community, which is really amazing. You know, I feel like I'm talking to you guys all day, every day. So I feel so supported. I never feel lonely, but I do um, wonder, you know, what the best way is to cultivate an in-person community. I think it's going to entail a lot of travel. I'm probably going to move at some point in the next year, somewhere different. I don't know. It's going to be something, but for now I'm extremely grateful and grounded in building a business here. So that's where I am now. I'm like, what else have I missed? I don't know. I think what I'm moving through now energetically is like letting myself be successful and get to the next point, letting myself be seen, um, you know, with a content strategy showing up so much on Instagram. Sometimes I wonder if it's like annoying or too much. And that, that is exactly what I'm clearing out. Like that's what I'm helping you all overcome too. It's like giving ourselves permission to take up space, to strategize, to just get out of our own ways and just look at ourselves like as, as entities that deserve to be here and are worthy of being here. So 
yeah, my whole unpeeling right now is like overcoming any fear of success that's holding me back. Am I scared of being seen? What happens when I start to make massive amounts of money, which I know I'm going to? Am I going to be ostracized in some way? Like, you know, having the courage to even say that out loud without fearing that it's going to make me seem materialistic. So all of these things I'm reprogramming right now to allow myself to receive the most prosperous, abundant, loving, joyful, happy life I could possibly have and have fun doing it. So it has been such a joy to unpack that over the last few months. Uh, Since I moved to Maine, I have really grown. I feel like I've just been laser focused and I can't wait to see what the next level is like this as I get more and more focused and have even more fun. So I think I'll end it there because that's where I am now. I'm just like building my dream here and um, I'm really focused on embodying the wealthy divine feminine and how that feels and showing up for myself more consistently and getting things off the ground with a lot of strategy, a lot of strategy on the back end, working with my business mentor, um, working with my healers, my shaman and my diviner, you know, so always marrying business and spirituality. That's very important to me because I think they coexist. It's all about worthiness. It's all about the willingness to show up and be witnessed for exactly who you are. So I think that's why we call business oftentimes like a spiritual journey because it's an unpeeling of all of these layers and it's like a cracking open of the heart and allowing yourself to be witnessed. So I feel very proud of where I am now today. I'm really proud of myself for being here. And I only say that because I've gone through so many identity shifts that has made me feel ashamed of like not having big success in other areas of my life. So I think it's important to tell ourselves, like, I'm proud of you. You've done a great job. Um, So that's where I am. That's my story. You guys can always let me know if you'd like to hear more about any particular part of this journey. I'm an open book, you know, so thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I really appreciate your presence. This community, building this community with you all has been one of the greatest joys of my whole life. And I can't wait to see where this goes. Okay. I need to do this more often. (laughs) Encourage you guys to share this with a buddy, maybe share it to your story. If you enjoyed learning and just listening to this today, share it to your Instagram story, send it to a buddy, leave a review. It really helps grow this community. And, uh, it lets me know that you guys like it and enjoy it. So I continue making content that you enjoy and I can be best of service to you. So Okay. Have a great day. Have a great week ahead. And I love you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And check out the description below for more information. And of course, if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you just learned and listened to, please do send it along, spread the love. Final note on my end is that every month on the full moon, I host a full moon circle. So this has been an awesome way to come together as community to explore together in the first half, we do an oracle card pull and some journaling. And then in the second half, I take you on a guided hypno journey, which is a really potent and powerful visualization for calling forth your highest iteration of self. So check out the description for that link as well. And I think that's it for now. HelenDenham.com has everything you might need. So I love you so much. I'm sending you a big virtual hug. Thank you for being here. And I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.